Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast version of Ben Woods. Thanks for finding us wherever you are, radio.com, downloading the radio.com app, or, of course, you can listen to us on your smart speaker and make sure you subscribe so you get our content every single day. Absolutely. And there's lots of other podcasts from other hosts here in the building and here at 97.3. Make sure to check those out as well. But right now, back to Ben and Woods. All right. Here it comes. It's Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. Um, When you look at Ben, Paul, and I, it doesn't scream athlete. With Ben Higgins. Bicka, bicka, bow, bow, bow. Bicka, bow, bow, bump, bump. What, 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 what? Ha, 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 ha. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. And Stephen Woods. I want to win. I want to win at all costs. I I really do. Other than, you know, lying, cheating, and stealing, I I don't want to do that. But whatever it takes to win, I'm willing to do. Ben and Woods. Blame it on the Henry. On 97. 7-3, the fan. Yeah, you got well, that was a really fast first two hours of the week. Uh, just flew by here on Ben and Woods, 97.3, the fan. Uh, glad to have you with us. I got two more hours to go. Uh, still lots to get to coming up later this hour. AJ Cassaville from MLB.com, of course, covers the Padres. So, you know, he's on the Padres managerial search. But in the postseason, at least the way I understand it, Woods, is they... Um, they take the best of the best, and they have them cover the playoffs. And AJ's considered, you know, one of the tops. So he's at the National League Championship Series right now. Is in St. Louis now. Is in Washington for Game Three, which will take place tonight with Steven Strasburg on the mound against Jack Flaherty. Must win game for the Cardinals. Yes, pretty good. Uh, now, pretty, pretty good gig if you can get it. If you're I, AJ Casavell, I understand that. A 3 nothing deficit it has been overcome in baseball history. Allegedly, I've never seen but it happen. But when you go down 3 nothing, you've got a 99% chance of losing the series. Shocking. So that, to me, means this is a must-win game. I feel like every uh, you play this game when your team's in the playoffs. All right, Every year, you're, you play the game of... Well, if we can get if we can get one at their house, then it switches. You know, we steal home field advantage. Ben, every game is a must win. And that's how you feel. Going into it as a fan, you never feel that any lead is safe. When one guy gets on, you're, you're um, uh, I can't say the word. Um, everything gets super tight. And you, one guy, one guy walks on six pitches and you're like, oh God, that's it. Everything is magnified so much. I think um, A.J. Hinge said something similar. It's like, yeah, every game's must-win game. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if you lose? You move on to the next one. Yeah, it, that's exactly another must-win game. Until, there's, until you're out of must-win games. Um, it's, we spent a lot of time in sports talk radio parsing the definition of what a must-win game is. Um, so I try to stay away from that phrase because you'll get that small segment of people who go, well, I mean, the season's not over if they lose, so it's not a must-win game. I get it. I understand. I try to use terms like it's a pivotal game. Yeah. You know, the series hinges on this one. Maybe it's not must-win. Yes, you don't automatically go home if you lose tonight if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. But, man, you are are in a really bad position if you you lose tonight. You're in hell. If you lose tonight, you have have passed through purgatory and you are straight in hell if you are a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Good luck beating 
you know, Corbin, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Sanchez right. four straight games. Yeah. If yeah. you fall behind three nothing. It's really tough, dude. It is a really tough position to be in. But I'm telling you, if you're a Nationals fan, you're not feeling much better. You're not. You're still a wreck. You're it's just the worst. It's the worst. Somebody asked me last night on Twitter, Woodsy, how are you feeling right now? I said, I'm, I'm terrible. It's terrible. It, until the game is over and you have a win, you feel like death. And you feel like anything that could go wrong um, will go wrong. And it's just the worst. I think you have to be pretty pleased as a Yankees fan, though, by that team's performance in the first two games in Houston. Yeah, they didn't get last night's. 11-inning marathon. Yeah. Uh, the, the Astros walked it off on a Carlos Correa home run. Get those last ups, In man. the bottom of the 11th. But they, they, held, they held tough with the Astros on their home field two straight days. You know, run differential. They certainly, you know, they, they had a better chance of going 2-0 than the Astros certainly did in that series by a long shot. Um, you, can't, you can't be too disappointed coming back to Yankee Stadium for Game 3 tomorrow at 1-1. One, one. Yeah, now you are facing Garrett Cole yeah. in game 3, but still you've got uh you've got the next 3 at home. You know, don't figure the series is going to end in New York. It'll probably go back to Houston. You're probably going to have to win another one on the road, but that was always pretty much assumed that that the series if it goes well for the Yankees is going to go 6 or 7. I mean, New York's pretty raucous uh during the playoffs, so it should be a really good crowd. Uh, I would do anything to be at one of those games. It would be incredible. Um and it just you just never know. You just never know. And and to only give up three runs in two games to that offense is you're you're pretty proud of that if you're the New York Yankees going home. Um and and really you feel you feel like you kind of gave that one away yesterday in a couple of spots. Um, you know, that that Nevin sending LeMayhew on that that ground ball. Correa made a great play. Correa had a huge, huge night, obviously, had their RBI double, had the walk off, had that brilliant play. But you feel like you're still in it. You know, you feel like you're definitely, you can hang with that team and you can beat that team. So Garrett Cole is going to be a massive, massive hurdle. Yeah, I had no problem with, with Nevin being aggressive there. I did, because I, he got I, thrown out by 17 I feet. know, but it took a weird hop that doesn't usually happen for them hey, to even corral that ball. If it's bang-bang, no problem. He was he was out by twelve. Feet. He was out by a lot, but again, it's that that was bad luck for the Yankees. I think that the Astros were able to corral that ball yeah. as quick as they did. It's not hard, you know. Once it bounces off some, it's spinning weird. It is tough to you see major leaguers all the time when they're trying to pick up a ball Booted. just barehanded. It's hard to pick up what double clutch, triple clutch, and you lose the play very quickly. They had to the Astros had to execute that one uh, pretty spot on to have that play at home plate. So I. I really would have probably said, yeah, I think you do send him in that situation. Make the Astros make that play. Now, Astros are a good team. They made that play. Yeah, but, they are. Uh, and, and you, you know, like I said last night, the heavyweight fight, it's a great analogy because they are two teams standing in the middle taking the other team's best punch. And it is, I mean, it's, it's nerve-wracking to watch. Even the other uh, the Friday night, Ben, when the, the 7 nothing win, or was it Saturday? Saturday night, um, the 7 nothing win. Dude, you're still a wreck. And to, you know they get a couple guys on here and there, and they're always a swing away. Um, and it just, it, it's it's just been crazy. It's crazy. You miss it. You miss it. That that feeling of watching games like that. Sure. Yeah. It sucks. Although I've, I've it's been so long, I've kind of almost forgotten forgotten what, what it's it, like. What it feels like. Yeah. So I probably do miss it. I just don't remember. Uh, it's Ben Woods here on ninety-seven-three. The fan. Uh, speaking of teams and players that you pull for. 
Baker Mayfield Oof, is uh, his hit a rough stretch in his career. In fact, I saw a couple of memes making their way through the internet yesterday after the the Browns blew a big lead against the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. Baker Mayfield now has eleven interceptions thrown through the first six games. The one that stuck with me was a um, it was like a Scooby Doo meme. It was like Fred pulling off the mask of the the Who Done It at the end. You know how they do on every yeah. Scooby Doo episode. They pull off Baker Mayfield's mask, and the the Scooby Gang goes, "It's Johnny Manziel." Oh no! Oh, that is rough. God, it's that rough. is rough. But after all the hype and all the excitement for this uh, this Brown season, how this is a legit playoff contender, things are um, things are circling the drain pretty quickly here for Cleveland. They are, and I, I, you know, it goes back to me. Uh, for me, it goes back to the hiring of Freddie Kitchens. It really does. I mean, it, and you're not going to put it all on a head coach, but this guy had no idea what he was getting himself into, and I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they're not using their weapons effectively. Baker's making bad decisions. He's under duress a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I still love the kid. Still love the kid. Will never change. I love I love everything he's about. I love how he handled the loss. Everything he says uh, is the right thing. And he's just got to go out and back it up on the field. And, uh, you know, Paul and I were kicking ourselves again because we both sat here and thought, what are we missing in this game? And early on, it looked like the Browns were going to run away with it. And sure enough, man, the Seahawks battled back. And the Browns were were getting, what, two points? And I'm like, I'm putting all my money on the Seahawks. Well, I got swayed on Friday by our guest saying, no, Browns are going to win this game. Uh, Take the points. I did. I lost that game. But you were winning it. Oh, yeah, throughout. Handily. Oh, handily. Handily. That's a tough one. Um, Now two and four, they've got a bye week, and then they come out of the bye week with the Patriots. That'll be fun. So that's that's a tough spot to be in. But they're not not among the dregs of the league. Of course, you had the – the tank for Tua Bowl yesterday between Washington and Miami, which ended in just so perfect fashion with the Dolphins actually having a chance to to win a ball game. They were scored a touchdown down 70 to 10. They scored a touchdown with 6 seconds left to make it 17-16. Yep. They don't kick the field don't kick the extra point to go for overtime. They go for two and the win right there. And the play they came up with, I, I know the screen, little screen inside screen pass was dropped. Even if it had been caught, there were four tacklers right, right there to bring it done. down. It had absolutely no chance of success. And everyone says, "Oh, secret, secret win for the Dolphins." That was yeah, that was key in the, the tank. You can't you can't gonna, win that if one. If you're going to tank, let's uh, let's really really tank. A lot of you know, listen. I think that's a, a a good move from Flores, at least going for it there, showing that he's willing to go out and try to win a football game. It's probably the most exciting moment Miami fans will have all season long. Probably right. That two point conversion. You you give him them something like that in a season like that. I don't have a problem with it. Now, the Jets had been winless going into yesterday, and uh they get Sam Darnold back and surprise, surprise, they upset the Dallas Cowboys. Terrible. Uh, get their first win of the season. Um the Cincinnati Bengals quietly are still winless as well. Oh and six. Yep. It's the Bengals you don't really notice. But uh, they've been really, really bad for the last now almost two seasons. Yeah, Bengals uh, look look terrible. Um, the Cowboys, though, that was I watched a lot of that game yesterday. They looked horrible. And I think when you're looking at like what the Rams have done since they paid Jared Goff, and if you're Jerry Jones, you're like, oh my God, I didn't want to write the check, and I'm going to have to write the check now. After the first three games, we all, everyone, national pundits included. You got to sign Dak Prescott right now. You watch the last three games, he got 
killed yesterday. It's the Jets. And I understand defensive-minded coach, all of that. Holy cow. You had nothing to stop him. And again, here we are on Jason Garrett watch. It's already come out today. Jerry Jones says he will not be making a coaching change. Why? Why? What in the world? Well, as Eric Adelson told us, you know, they get get healthy again, get their tackles back. He's not as worried about the Cowboys as some other bad teams. And the one we didn't mention, I think that the coach who's truly in jeopardy, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's got to go. Of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, when you have Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I mean, I, I get they've had injuries, but and you're 1-5 and five, and you're looking as bad as the Falcons have looked so far this season. Um, there's something truly wrong right now in Atlanta. There's, that, n- there's that no doubt. Ugly. Yeah. Yeah, just another rough week uh, for the Falcons. I actually I picked that game, Ben. I took the uh, I took the Cardinals and the points and won that. Yeah, me game. too. Yeah, yeah, and and won a little cash on that one. Picked a lot of. Kyler Murray yesterday. last couple of weeks is uh, has gotten a lot better from his Dude, first he is few games. Fun to watch. Stop taking sacks. Looking a lot better now. Obviously, the opponent caliber has not been as good, but. Yeah, not a good progression if you're a Cardinals fan you like what you've seen. So I wake up yesterday morning, and I want to put some, some money down on some games, and I text, um, I text our friend and assistant producer, The Hammer. And I'm really... Well, let's get started. Yeah, and I'm really looking at that Texans-Chiefs game. So I text Hammer in the morning, and I say, Hammer, Texans going to shock the world today? Hammer's response made me put money on the Texans. He said... Yeah, they're going to shock the world, but they won't shock me. They're winning this football game. And because of Hammer's confidence, I put 50 bucks on the Texans. First and, and foremost. And got points and won. Well done, Hammer. I'd be careful. He says that every week about the Texans. He does. But he does. But I, I will say this. He had Deshaun Watson is outperforming Patrick Mahomes. He was all over that and then self-congratulating himself on Twitter. He was. Afterwards. He was. He but he called. It. He called a shot, so he gets to do that. That's exactly right. All right. We'll have more NFL coming up in our 8 o'clock hour. Uh, again, AJ Casseville from MLB.com joins us at 735 on the Padres managerial search in the National League Championship Series. Up next, though, don't do this. Three stories from the world of sports that make you shake your head. Open mics always are rich, rich mining territory for don't do this. Yeah, yeah. one of the uh, Yankee legends got in trouble over the weekend and had to issue an apology to a player. Ooh. That's coming up next uh, with Bennett Woods. Right now, let's get a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Here's Kelly Danik. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. With Bennett Woods. Let me tell you why I am a dumbass. Presented by Hamul Casino. Be there or be square. On 97.3 The Fan. All right, before we get to our three stories for Don't Do This, coming up in the next 30 minutes or so, listen for your name to be called. We will be giving out prizes for our biggest fan. Uh, This week we got four-pack of tickets to the Halloween Bash at VAS Casino and Resort, where you can win $750 for the best costume, while uh, wicked bartenders will be brewing their most delicious drink specials from their cauldrons. Yes, that's what it says. <laughs> You'll also be entered into our grand prize drawing, a Las Vegas getaway. Bunch of show tickets. Uh, just keep listening for your name. We'll pull one to be the biggest fan later this hour on Ben and Woods. All right, Benny, I will get us started. Former Miami Marlins executive David Sampson uh, was ratioed pretty hard on Friday night when he was talking about Daniel Hudson missing game one. You're putting it lightly. Yeah, he was... This might he, be the worst ratio I've ever seen. He got he got killed. He got killed on Twitter. Uh, Daniel Hudson's wife was having a child, and he decided that I would, I'm going to be there for the birth of my child. David Sampson goes to Twitter and says, Unreal that Daniel Hudson is on paternity list. 
and missing game one of the NLCS. Only excuse would be a problem with the birth or health of baby or mother. If all is well, he needs to get to St. Louis. Inexcusable. Will it matter? Hashtag wait to see. Well, you can only imagine how that went over. Um, yeah, it, it, it went off like a, a lead balloon, basically. It didn't go over well at all. He then tried to walk back his comments the next day. Turns out it didn't matter at all. As Sean Doolittle came in and got the job done, picked up his teammate, uh, Daniel Hudson. And I think it was summed up best by Sean Doolittle that said this. When, when notified of the comments, he said, quote, I think if your reaction to someone having a baby is anything other than, congratulations, I hope everybody's healthy, you're an a-hole. And uh, did not shorten the word. Let me uh, let me turn this around, though. Uh, by the way, Daniel Hudson, first ever postseason player to go on the paternity list. Yeah. If Daniel Hudson had been there for the game, should he have been criticized? If he had missed the birth of his child to be there for what is very rare in any baseball player's career, you know, a postseason championship series game. Like some guys never even get to do it in their entire career. Should he have been subject to criticism had he... Decided, perhaps, with his his wife's blessing to be there at the game. You know, I think that's a really fair and interesting discussion point. I mean, I think both of us are married to women that would 1,000% want us with them, not at the game. Correct? You agree Correct. with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was, and I was with my, my wife for both of our births. I mean, I didn't have anywhere extra special to be. I didn't take a ton off of time at work. We were in the middle of baseball season. I think I was back at work the next day. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, The day my son was born, I had to go back over to Clear Channel and cut a commercial. So I, I totally understand um, that sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, I wanted to be at the hospital I, all I really, day I really would have regretted my like, whole life if I had missed it. Exactly. So I, and I, but I, I, think, I think the point you bring up is unless you have explicit permission from your wife of like, babe, it was their third child. It was born in the morning. The game was at night. I think I think everybody would have been okay if Mrs. Hudson had tweeted out, oh, no, I told him to go out and pitch tonight. And I bet he would have done it, but I bet he would have done it you begrudgingly. Know, if, it's the, if it's game seven of the World Series Ooh, mama. and uh, Ted Leitner comes up with laryngitis and I get a call, they need you to call game seven of the Padres World Series yeah. game, and Shelly's about to give birth. Yeah, it was a bit of a dilemma there. It's like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do here? This is and this cool. is a tough call. Oh, and, oh my goodness! And you're calling it, by the way, not yes. maybe called on to close the whole no, thing no. out, right? Like you're just calling it. I I can understand, but yeah, I mean, look, it's not. It's definitely. See, I not, have a great wife. She'd say, "Oh, you, this is your dream. You got to go do that." It's definitely not David Sampson's place to say. No, it. That's, that's between true. the that's Huds, the Hudson family. Um, so all right, Doolittle said after. Oh yeah, I just read it. Where where you been? I'm doing work. He just did, yeah. He, he did it me. I told you he, he did, did that when you were gone, too. He did it Same twice that. when I was gone. <laughs> we're going to have to go back and listen. Uh, how about this one? Uh, our uh, Radio.com insider Bob Nightingale tweeted it. over the weekend <laughs> that Kurt Schilling's looking to get back into the game. What? is interested in interviewing for a couple of uh, vacancies right now. The Philadelphia Phillies managerial job. Also the Boston Red Sox pitching coach <laughs> opening. <laughs> it was met over the internet by nothing but scorn and derision and laughter. Uh, mostly people saying, yeah, and I'd, I'd like to interview for the job of CEO of Apple. Yeah. But uh, it's not going to happen, Kurt. Uh, he's just, he's too he's too hot to touch politically, I think, for any team to put Maybe. him in a forward-facing position, at least in the game of baseball, where coaches and managers almost always stay out of 
political discussions. Please, I mean, Red Sox, hire him as your pitching coach. Please. Sure, I'm yeah. Begging. In the NBA, I think you have some... You have some liberal coaches who speak out in the NFL. You, you usually you have a couple of conservative guys, and it it'll play with their fan bases. Baseball stays tries to stay out of the they, politics. They do, and and I just maybe though Ben, maybe this could be a good thing. Think about this: the Red Sox hire him as their pitching coach. Then the state of Rhode Island can then garnish his wages. Right, he lost fifty million of his yeah. own money and seventy-five million dollars of Rhode Island's money yeah. five years ago. They can garnish his wages and maybe get recoup some of that. You know, being that he's gainfully employed by the Boston Red Sox, that would be that'd actually be fantastic for anybody that's not a Red Sox fan, which I am one of. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, a story about well, one of the greatest Yankees of all time, Reggie Jackson, stepped in it a little bit. It's his month. It is his Mr. October. Mr. October is uh, he got himself in a little bit of trouble, man. This was not this couldn't have been very comfortable at all. He was on satellite radio. He was about to do an interview with Jim Bowden, and uh, he thought that the mics were off. The mics were not off, and Bowden asked Reggie, Don't do this. "Reggie, what do you think about Giancarlo Stanton being out of the lineup tonight with a hurt quad?" And he says, "F. He's been out all effing year. How the f could he be hurt?" And then he said, there was silence, and Jackson said, this isn't on air, is it? Honest to God? And uh, he said, yeah, we're, we're actually on I've the air. I've done radio. They like have no commercials. You're talking yeah, forever. Yeah, you is, are talking. It is a lot of talking. I'll and, say that. Don't do and this. then Reggie said, oh, <laughs> no. He said, uh, I, it was a total OS moment for me. I thought it was a joke. I almost choked when they said I was on the air. So he texted then immediately the, uh, the VP of communications for the Yankees, and the guy said, yeah, you're going to want to go down to the locker room. You're going to want to talk to G by yourself. And Reggie said, okay. And he went down to Giancarlo, and he's like, hey, man, it was a poor attempt at a joke. You know I was with you during your rehab. You know I love you. Please don't get your feelings hurt. But, man, like. If I'm Giancarlo Stan, it's like, you're right. I've been hurt. It's fine. I have. You know, I mean, you're not I'm wrong. I'm laughing, too. You're not wrong. But, oh, man. I'm going to give Mr. October a, a little pass. How uncomfortable was that? Yeah. <laughs> how uncomfortable is that? Yeah. Plus, you can curse on satellite radio. You can't. God, we need a satellite. Although we did, when I did God. my show with Steve Kerr on satellite radio, we didn't do any cursing. He didn't curse. No, even? no cursing. God, do you know how much cursing we would do on this show? You have no idea. None. All of it. Still no. All of the cursing. Uh, that is "Don't Do This" for a Monday. That was "Don't Do This," presented by Hamul Casino. Winning excitement has a new name: Hamul Casino, San Diego's newest, closest, and most genuinely entertaining place to play. Just twenty minutes from downtown Highway ninety four to Campo Road. I see, um, was it Kurt Schilling wanted to get <laughs> Thank you, Paul. back into the managing. Yeah. <laughs> gonna need that. Thought pulled. you guys were gonna mention. Don't that. do this, Paul. Gonna, Don't do gonna this. Gonna need that pull, Paul. If we're gonna get Ben for it, we gotta get you for it too. It's Come, coming up next, uh, we'll go out to Game Three of the NLCS tonight in Washington D.C. That's where AJ Casavell is covering it for MLB.com. Plus, the latest on the Padres' managerial search. It's coming up next with Ben and Woods on ninety-seven-three The Fan. Outfield shaded the other way. And deep, first pitch. And Correa lines it deep to right field. Judge is going back at the wall, looking up. See you later! 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 Astros even the series at a game apiece on the walk-off home run by Carlos Correa in the bottom of the 11th. 3-2, Astros win it! I was very confident going into the game that today was a day where I was going to break out and... uh, 
you know, had some good at bats and uh, going into that last inning, uh, I told Altuve, I, I got this. Like, I feel like I got this. Like, and I had the right approach against him. I've been successful against him going the other way, and that's what I try to do. I, I, I saw a good pitch in the middle, and uh, I drove the other way. Yeah, you did. You can't be too shocked. I mean, the Yankees had already used Chapman. They, they, they yeah. burned through their best relievers. Yep. This is what happens when you know a good team extends the game. Eventually, wait, 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 you're going to get burned. You right? don't want Jay Happ on the mound in the 11th inning, Ben? Wow. It's like... It's it was it was an over Boone overmanaged last night, but he did a good job. I mean, to even get them there, I thought he did a really good job. That's the way baseball is now. I mean, three innings is like three innings is max for for starters in the playoffs. Sometimes American League Championship Series tied at a game apiece. We will talk NLCS here with AJ Casville in a moment. Right now, let's get a check of traffic on ninety seven three. The fan here's Kelly Danick. Just a couple of weeks ago, Woodsy AJ Casville was sitting in that very chair where you are seated now, did a fantastic job uh, filling in as a guest host while you were gone that week. Yeah, I was a little worried. Uh, out of all the guest hosts, I thought I was going to get Wally pipped by A.J. Casabell. He is back, though. He's got a busy job. Uh, he is on the road covering the National League Championship Series for MLB.com. He's also keeping tabs on the Padres' managerial search, and he joins us right now on 97.3 The Fan from, I believe, our nation's capital. Good morning, A.J. Morning, guys. I am in D.C. and looking forward to Game Three tonight. Excellent. So, uh, how many no-hit innings will Steven Strasburg throw tonight <laughs> before finally giving up a base hit? At least six, right? At least. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's that's probably the over/under. I'll say uh, I'll, I'll take the under. I will I will uh, play the law of averages here. Pretty amazing. First yeah, two games fun. of that series in St. Louis. Um, I mean, you don't see that kind of pitching performance in the postseason very often because, well, postseason teams tend to have really good offenses to get there. So to have two straight days with no hit bids was remarkable. Yeah, and that was the most remarkable stat I've ever seen. That had never happened other than uh, Anibal Sanchez and Max Scherzer in 2013, and then sure enough, they're the exact same duo to do it in games one and two of the LCS. It's it's wild. Baseball can be pretty crazy. Sometimes. It's just the weirdest weirdest game that makes the least amount of sense uh, <laughs> most of the time. We're talking to the great AJ Casabell from MLB.com here on Bennett Woods and. So what's the mood around the Cardinals? I mean, at some point you got to be—they've th- got to be pressing, obviously, up there at the plate, and it does not get any easier for them with Strasburg taking the mound. I mean, that kid—he—he he looks pretty locked in right now as well. What do you think their approach is going to be going into tonight's game? Yeah, I, I sense a little bit of frustration from the Cardinals. I also think that they're pretty confident with with Jack Flaherty. I mean, he's been he's one of pitcher. the best pitchers in baseball in yep. the second half, and so I think—I mean, I think Flaherty and Strasburg are both both. Cy Young candidate kind of guy is not, I mean, they're probably not going to win. It's going to be DeGrom, but I think they would be in the top five. And so it's a really, really good pitcher's duel tonight. And I would just, I, I just think it's whoever scores first. I know that, I mean, it's so cliche to say, yeah. oh, it's really important to score first. But if you score first in a game like this and can kind of force the opposing manager into making some decisions, like, do I pinch hit for my guy here? Do I get into my bullpen early? Because I don't think either of these bullpens is that good. Uh, all of a sudden, you've kind of changed the game. I also think the Cardinals have a little bit of an advantage being in D.C., where you're playing game three, four, and five in three consecutive days because the Nationals' bullpen is extremely thin. They have two guys they trust and then a whole bunch of nobodies. And when you've got three games in three days, that's less rest for those guys, and you're less inclined to maybe push them two or three innings. So it's really, really important for the Nationals 
that Strasburg goes six or seven tonight. Yeah, one of the more interesting things I heard on last night's broadcast of the ALCS game was John Smoltz was talking about how hard it is when you're a guy like James Paxton and you're going up against Justin Verlander. And it gets in your head as a starting pitcher of, I'm not just pitching against the Astros, but I'm also pitching against Justin Verlander, and I can't let up any runs because I know my guys can't score. The good thing about tonight's matchup is you got two pitchers that are both capable of going out and throwing six scoreless fairly easily. If it comes down to a bullpen game, um, do you like the Cardinals a little bit more than you like the Nats? Yeah, I do, but I also like the Nationals' offense more than the Cardinals. So, like, there, there's some, like, kind of inverse there where it, it's just a pretty good matchup is all. Um, that being said, the, the Nationals' bullpen, I don't know how they're getting by doing this because they have they have four starters, apparently. I, I, I'll throw Anibal Sanchez into that mix based on what he did in game one. And then they, they have two guys in the bullpen. One of them wasn't even there for game one. And like nobody else. And so they need to get seven innings from their guys. So imagine going into a start knowing that you need to go seven innings and yeah. then their guys have done that. And so I think if there's, if there's any drop off and if the national, if Strasburg, and I don't expect this because he, he's a phenomenal pitcher, but if he were to go, if he were to do what Paxton did, or if he were to go three or four or five innings and all of a sudden you got to fill those middle innings. I think the Nationals could be in some trouble tonight. I also think they, they've, they've got a commanding lead for a reason, and it's because the Cardinals haven't been able to hit. So uh, I, I don't think I would expect that to happen. Talking to A.J. Casavell from MLB.com. He's in Washington for Game 3 of the NLCS uh, with us here on Ben and Woods. So uh, Bill Simmons, when he was a, a writer way back in his ESPN.com days, came up with something he called the Ewing Theory. When Patrick Ewing left the Knicks, and all of a sudden they lose a superstar and they got better. That's kind of been a narrative for the Washington Nationals this year. Bryce Harper leaves, and now all of a sudden, here they are in their first-ever NLCS and playing well. But how much of that is coincidence? How much of that is just vibe? I mean, what are people in, that are actually associated with that team talking about when it comes to Bryce Harper, if anything at all? I don't think they're talking about anything at all. And I think that – I mean, that's a narrative that I kind of understand. And I mean, and I'm sure there was some rallying that had to go on in that clubhouse when they lost their best player. But I don't think this Nationals team is really all that much better than past Nationals teams, than the 2012, 2014, 2017 teams. Those are really good teams. And they just lost in game five of the division series. And this year they had a crazy comeback where Dave Roberts made some really bad decisions late and they were able to capitalize off of it. And that hadn't been the case in past postseasons. Um, so I, I would be reluctant to say, well, look what they're doing without Bryce Harper. They also went out and signed Patrick Corbin in the offseason, and now they have three kind of ace-caliber starters in their rotation. They might have the best the best one, two, three probably in the National League, and they're, they're playing off that. So I'm hesitant to say this is Bryce Harper-related, but I, there's, there's no question that that team had to – that when they lost him, they kind of had to rally a little bit. Maybe that – maybe kind of missing him and, and, and that presence or whatever that led to some of their – slow start this season, but I, I thought from the start that this national team was a really good team, even without Bryce Harper, and part of that was due to the fact that they had pretty much everyone else coming back, and they went out and signed a really good pitcher. Yeah, and I mean, just the guys in that lineup, the top of that lineup, Trey Turner's playing great, Anthony Rendon is a force, and is a guy that's going to, yeah. he's going to make some money <laughs> here in the offseason yeah. for sure. He's awesome. He is so good, he's so fun to watch, it looks like his heart rate never gets above 60. I mean, he just stands there, it's just like, whatever, like, he could be... He could be at a mall buying clothes or at the plate, you know, with the game on the line. He looks the exact same. We're talking to AJ Castell from MLB.com, switching gears a little bit to uh, back home. AJ, what uh, what are you hearing is the latest on the 
San Diego Padres and their search for a new manager. Well, I haven't heard much new in the last few days, but I think we know the guys that have been interviewed, and I don't know whether there's any extra guys on top of that. I know uh, Osmus, Jace Tingler, um, uh, Ron Washington, and Rod Barajas, and I, I, I don't know whether there's someone else, but I, I get the sense, and I know different teams move at different timelines in this thing, and I get the sense that the Padres would maybe maybe prefer for it to move faster. I don't know if that means but at the end of the World Series, because I know baseball likes to kind of keep its it's it's playoffs to itself and then and then kind of make the moves after that but i think they need to they they, they want to get a manager and then kind of go about filling out the coaching staff and making all these decisions that they have coming up in the offseason because there is a lot going on this offseason they have other decisions to make once this managerial choice is is kind of solidified it's not like they're similar candidates i mean they've got they've brought in four very diverse guys in yeah. terms of experience ethnicity, you know, background, job job experience. Um, can, is there anything you read into the fact that, I mean, inside the organization, outside the organization, experience with A.J. Preller, not experience with him, What is there any commonalities that you see? Because I can't seem to I can't seem to find anything like say, oh, well, these guys all seem like this. This type. Is yeah. this type. It's not happening. Yeah, aside from the link to Preller, which a couple of those guys have, I don't really think there is, and I think that's kind of a point that the Padres are trying to make because – they are. I've heard they essentially don't want to to have a type for themselves. They want to kind of go into this with the with the notion that, hey, we need to explore all avenues because we don't know what works. Because they they, I mean, this ownership group and AJ Preller hasn't hired a successful manager yet. And so um, there's there's some there's something to be said about that. I think that's a, probably the right way to approach it. I mean, you you kind of want to cover all your bases and take a look at all your options. Uh, and make sure you get it right. And that, that, that appears from the outside, they're being pretty tight-lipped about who the other candidates are and, and maybe what else is going on. But that appears to be the, the, the way they're approaching it. Is, is you want to get the best guy kind of regardless of, uh, of, of outside factors. And AJ, I got to ask, you know, uh, typically when a team will bring in a new manager, you know, I know, uh, for example, when the Yankees hired Aaron Boone, he brought in Josh Bard and he brought in Phil Nevin. Uh, we had Brett Boone on the air with us, and he said, well, you know why Aaron brought in Phil Nevin? He goes, I told him to, and he did, and it's been great. It's worked out well for them. Any uh, any rumblings or rumors that maybe we won't have the same coaching staff in place, or, or have you heard that they want to keep Balsley and Johnny Washington and, and all those guys in place, and how does that work? I mean, if you're a new guy, don't you want your guys with you? Yeah, I, I would I would be shocked if the same coaching staff was still in place. I think there's going to be some turnover because that's generally just what happens with managerial searches. And so, um, I would expect for uh, for for there to be some change. I don't know what that change is going to be, and that kind of depends on what the new manager thinks. And obviously, Darren Balls has done a great job here. I I don't know whether he's at the front of the list to be changed to to uh, to for there to be change. Um, but Johnny Washington interviewed for the Angels job. There's there's some. It it just it just comes with the territory when you change your coaching staff. AJ, uh, you and I talked when you were in extensively about what the Padres were going to do um, on the roster this offseason, and obviously we don't know for sure. It seems like uh, they're going to try to make some trades and bring in you know another pitching arm, a left-handed bat, possibly in the outfield. Uh, free agency, though, is something that Ron Fowler has told us, hey, if we have to, we will do that. Garrett Cole's going to cost an absolute fortune. I mean, the price tag goes up every time he takes them out. Steven Strasburg, I didn't think would opt out of his contract just based on how much money is left, but he's pitched so well this season, continues to pitch well in the postseason. 
he might be able to sign another long-term deal to kind of take him to the end of his career. I know, I mean, it seems like uh, you, you don't expect the Padres to be that team again for another straight year, That, but the San Diego connection, bringing him home, you can't discount that as well. Being around the Nationals right now, is there any whispers about Strasburg's future and what might be happening this offseason? Yeah, not, not necessarily coming from inside the Nationals, but from people I've talked to who are around the team pretty frequently. They think he's going to be back, and they don't know what capacity that is, and I, I, I get the sense that it's you kind of use that opt-out as leverage to negotiate a longer-term extension. So if, if Strasburg, if that happens before his opt-out, then I think he's probably settled in D.C. But if he gets to the opt-out and he opts out, I would I, I would imagine the Padres will at least be in on him and, and check on it because that does, that is a pretty obvious fit, a guy who's pitching at the top of his game, maybe as well as he ever has right now, to headline a rotation that could really use that front-line guy that has kind of the, the young pieces of the slot in around him. And so um, – I would just be watching what he does with the Nationals and whether he gets to that opt-out because it seems to me like he's happy in D.C. and he likes where he is and the organization likes him and might be willing to commit to him. But if he reaches that point and there's a chance that he does, then he's, then he's on the open market and the Padres are a pretty obvious fit. A.J., really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the National League Championship Series continuing tonight and uh, have a good time in D.C. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, A.J. Casavell, MLB.com. Um, we say the Padres don't really seem to have a type. All Ron waits for their next manager. No, Ron Fowler has a type. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give it totally away. He wants the winning type yes. of manager. Yes, I don't think does. he could care less how old he is, how much experience he has, what race he is. He wants the winning type of manager to come in and manage the Padres. Yeah, yeah. Period. That's it. Period. The end. Uh, it is time to announce our biggest fan for a Monday morning. Uh, if you Hear your name. You will have 10 minutes to call us back at 833-288-0973 and claim today's prize. We've got a four-pack of tickets to the Halloween Bash at Viejas Casino and Resort. They're going to have a $750 best costume contest and uh, special drinks from bartenders brewing up uh, Halloween specials. You'll also be entered into our grand prize drawing for a Las Vegas getaway, including show tickets to Absinthe at Caesars Palace, Opium at the Cosmopolitan, and the brand-new Atomic Saloon Show Andrew Decker, you are the biggest fan this morning on Ben and Woods. You've yeah. got 10 minutes to call us back, Andy. 833-288-0973. Good luck, Andrew Decker uh, from Ben and Woods in 97.3 The Fan. Benny, Halloween, uh, a couple weeks away. Are we doing a dress-up bit, or do you dress up for Halloween? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> so much for that. Dress-up bit for and Halloween? I- yeah. Like, what, what would I dress up as for Halloween? Sasquatch. Six could, foot five. I could pull that off. Yeah, dress up as Woods. Dress up as me. Can you dress up as me? We can do that. You got to do your hair up like mine. Black t-shirt. Black tee, black Just pants. Extra gel in the hair. Extra gel. I don't use gel. Scruffy, little scruff. It's not Moose. 1986. What do you use? What's I your use product like, of choice? Uh, I have, uh, it's like uh, paste, like hair paste. Hair paste. Yeah, I, that's what I used that, to. It's I like, use, a, uh, like a spiking wax. Kind yeah, of it's, like, it's like a wax, but it's not very waxy. Uh, like, mine's a, called. Uh, it's it's like a white cream. It's in a little canister. All right. I don't even know. It's yellow. It's, uh, it's yellow. It's got the yellow top. Okay. That's what I know about grooming products. Sure All right. So no dress up then. No fun. I don't know. We're doing the no fun it's, bit. Is it even a week? Is Halloween even a weekday? Yeah. I think it's on a Thursday. Am I right about that? Or that am I completely? Sounds that does sound right. right. That does sound right. Yeah, it is on a Thursday. I'm going to dress up. 
and have some fun. I'm a dad now. That's what you got to do. That's Dress- true. You're a dad of a younger child. My my kids have kind of out even grown the Halloween days. Dressed up as an avocado. Last year. That's right. Remember that? Yeah. Any plans this year to dress up young Bo? Bo is uh, going to be a baseball. Got him a baseball. He's like a big, fat baseball. He's going to love that. He loves it. He put it on yesterday for 30 seconds and then tried to rip it off. Oh. So that I don't know how much it's going to last, but uh, I don't know what uh, what I'll be. But I want to dress up for the for the show. I think we should. I mean, does, it's like down. we're in a we're in an aisle here of morning shows. Yeah, you know, there's everybody. I, I don't want to be. I the just only, know the that there's. One. We're gonna just like there's gonna be guys that go way over the top. Don't be the too cool for shows. school guys. I just don't want to be like, oh wow, what a weak effort that was. Well, your life is kind of a beating anyway with your multiple. But also, jobs I'm not gonna and... sit in like three hours of makeup. In, <laughs> you know, at one in the morning to get ready to come in here at four thirty. You, you know, know all dressed to go for Halloween. Please do the I Joker. Got... Oh, Please do the that Joker. Would be That'd be amazing. Awesome. We both at three a.m. and do your makeup. We both saw that movie. We this did. Weekend. God, it was good. And we both agree that if you were a male actor in the year twenty nineteen and you had the role of a lifetime part of the year, sucks to be you. Yeah, because uh, you're going up against Joaquin Phoenix at the Oscars next year, and you have no chance. He was unbelievable. I just and- can't imagine anyone could. I can't in a performance that outdoes that one. Uh, skin crawl. My skin was crawling the entire time, and he was he was brilliant in it. Paul's going to go see it. What tomorrow? Uh, yeah, after I think the show. Did tomorrow Wednesday. But yeah, it, it is. It's unbelievable. It's such a well done movie. It's um. It's disturbing though. Yeah, it's violent. It's, disturbing. It's hard to even know um how to feel yourself in the audience as you're watching. Am I supposed to be? Am I supposed to be rooting for this guy, yeah. against this guy? I mean, he's, he's a homicidal maniac. Right. But, but you're also sympathetic to, s- him. Are sympathetic to him at times. Um, it's as realistic a portrayal of a cartoonish character as you could possibly imagine. I mean, and Joaquin Phoenix plays, you know, mental health issues with, like, nuance and has, like, a delicate touch on it that yeah. you just can't even fathom so yeah well that was our that was we both went this weekend my son loved it hannah she enjoyed it too very yeah. much yeah. so yeah we were we were really in awe of uh his performance so if you missed uh the joker plenty of time to go see it it's it's staggering it's a staggering portrayal unbelievable loved it all right uh we got one hour still to go here on ben and woods um Serious, serious story uh, this weekend continuing to develop from the uh, Los Angeles Angels organization uh, involving the overdose death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Happened earlier this season. Uh, new news out uh, of the, getting the opioids from an Angels team employee from their media relations department. That guy has a lawyer. Skaggs' family has a lawyer. Angels' family, they, they have lawyers. There will be lawyers. Uh, covering it for the Orange County Register is Jeff Fletcher. He will join us coming up next year with Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.